Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. This week on Pop Days, we talk first kisses, SpaceX going to Mars, and Kim Kardashian's hologram. Woo! Hi, I'm Jordan. I'm Charlie. And I'm Aurelia. And welcome to Pop Games, a pop culture podcast for postmodern queers. The postmodern queers! Yeah! <laughs> Beautiful! Hi, everyone! Hello, we're free! <laughs> yes yes honey the funny thing is that we're still like in strict lockdown yeah if this was like march we'd be like oh my god don't leave your home like you can't go out whereas like because of what we've like been through we're like oh my god i can go to a park with a friend (laughs) we can go and get food served to us this is yeah the little things the Mm. little things have come back and made us feel like big things yeah yeah i mean we should be proud like reading online about how melbourne actually had the strictest lockdown in the world Mm -hmm. for those months like we've really been through the ringer and it is so utterly joyous to be on the other side get to see each other what have you guys been doing the past couple days now that things are starting to open up I was, like, really cautious when everything opened up. I was just like, don't go crazy. Like, just take your time. Go see a friend. And then, like, within two days, I was, like, at the pub with people. And then, <laughs> like, and then like the next morning, my friend messaged me being like, hey, do you want to get breakfast today? I was like, uh-huh, yep, see you there. And so yeah. I wonder how you guys felt about this. But, like, getting a pint was great. But the thing that really, like, because I'm a loser, the thing that really, like, got me was when I went to breakfast and they gave me my cappuccino in a cup and she just put it down and I was like, oh, okay. Wasn't expecting to cry. <laughs> oh, my God. It was like, a, it was like that Trisha Paytas scene where she's like, I'm going to try and get through this with some composure. <laughs> oh, my God. I relate, though. It, it It's surprisingly emotional and overwhelming at times. Like, I went with Josh to Chadston. And it was crazy busy. There were so many people. I We were there for maybe 15 minutes just walking around. And I was like, I have to get out of here because I was like heavy breathing. <laughs> so I think I'm going to go a bit slower. That's fair. Yeah. I was really surprised at how many places like Kmart and Target, for example, you have yeah. to book a visit ahead of time. And I think I that's so that. smart. Can we always do that? Can we just yeah. like, adapt that? Yeah. <laughs> I've already been to Ikea. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Of course. 
Did you grab anything? Yeah, I got a picture frame that I have to return because it's too big. But the good thing was it wasn't super busy and it felt very, like, safe. Did you go with your girlfriend? Yeah, of course. Oh, my God. <laughs> Were you one of those IKEA couples? We are, we are one of those people. IKEA is a fun people. date. It, it is. is. Well, unless you have a fight like me and Josh did when we went to IKEA. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is true. This is true. It is funny, though, because, like, like you were saying, Charlie, it kind of, it feels like you kind of, you feel good when you're out and you're like, oh, my God, this is exciting. And then you reach, like, a point where you're kind of like, okay, now I'm going home. Yeah. Mm. It means that I've got very used to being at home and cocooning. And I'm like, I still have home improvement things to do. Like, I... Was so excited having this lockdown as an opportunity to make my room nicer. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to leave. I've spent so much time and money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe lockdown unlock too early. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And now that we're like on the other side of this, I was saying this to some friends last night. Now that we're on the other side of it, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, well, it went by really quickly. I like, didn't even notice. Yeah. It was like, yeah. <laughs> when it got extended by two weeks, all of Melbourne were literally like, mm, do I want to live or? <laughs> and now it's all forgotten. We're like, that was a really short six months we were inside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you guys see that Instagram thing that was going around when it was like, hey, Melbourne, if you're feeling anxious, here's why? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really nice. It was like, we've given ourselves agoraphobia. We've given yeah. ourselves social anxiety. It would be weird if you didn't feel a bit anxious about stuff. You know? Yeah. Mm. It's true. Yeah. What are you guys most looking forward to? Like, if everything was back up and running completely, what would you be most excited for? Geeks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I already have a few gigs coming up, actually. I've got two this month, and I'm like, oh, yes. Oh, my God. Busy B. Oh, my God. <laughs> it makes such a huge difference. Mm. I mean, I'm actually, I don't know how you feel, but I'm, like, a little bit excited to see how gigs are going to go as well, yeah. like, how they're going to adapt. It's mm. going to be strange. And, like, also just content. Like, what are we all going to be talking about? Like, are we all going to be referencing the pandemic or are we all just going to be like, let's just communally ignore it? I know. I feel like I'm going to be talking about it. <laughs> I have yeah. no pandemic material and I'm like, yeah. it's too late, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It feels like all the hot takes have been taken. <laughs> <laughs> there is one gig that's come back that's caused a bit of controversy. Oh, my God. Yes, we've got to talk about it. Have you guys been following the Comics Lounge saga? Yes, I have. A little bit. I checked Twitter to see if they'd blocked me and they hadn't. Oh, and I felt yeah. I felt excluded because I saw so many tweets of people, especially women in the Melbourne comedy, saying, I've been blocked by Comics Lounge and I'm fine with that. And then I wasn't, so. I wonder if I've been blocked. But essentially the controversy for everyone who's not as deep into the Melbourne comedy scene as we are is that they're doing a gig to fundraise because like everyone hit financially like bad times Mm -hmm. and on the lineup poster were nine men and no women which was then I think changed to have two women on that lineup but only after being completely like eviscerated online yeah after being called out so, I don't know, that felt a bit like... You've been blocked, Jordan! I've been blocked! How? Oh, my God. I think I said the most offensive thing about the comics, the comics lounge is the aesthetic. <laughs> but I didn't even tag them! And to fill everyone in as well, basically, the comics lounge has a very long history in Melbourne for years of being a, a pretty unsafe space for women 
and people have recently started coming out and saying, why should we be supporting a venue like this when it doesn't represent the full diversity of Melbourne comedy and it can't even, you know, make a safe space for female performers. And Geraldine Hickey, good friend of the pod, actually came out and said that she found the Comics Lounge to be an unsafe venue and, you know, it won't be the biggest tragedy in the world if it doesn't come back. Exactly. That kind of opened the door for a lot of people because Jez is obviously a big figure in Australian comedy. Mm. And a really good comic. Yeah, and it helped to have someone with that kind of prestigiousness and platform speak on this. And since then, everyone's been coming forward and trying to insist that the Comics Lounge, like, enter the 21st century and they have been acting deplorably online like basically just blocking anyone who speaks out against them primarily women and sometimes responding to smaller female comics from melbourne and attacking them about this issue rather than going for any of the male comedians who were calling them out or someone big like geraldine hickey you know they're not gonna counter her but they'll happily go after a young 20 something comic Mm to try and drag them through the mud. So it's a bit of a mess. And if they can't use this as a transformative thing... They won't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to say the Comics Lounge is not going to change. But what I would like to change is that when you're telling people that you do comedy in Melbourne, a lot of the time they're like, no, the Comics Lounge is the only place you can see comedy in Melbourne because it's established, it's like large, it has those lights, <laughs> but yeah. it's it's not a place where you go to see good comedy. Yes, no. they have big names on sometimes, but I want people in the Melbourne community, outside of the comedy community, to know that the Comics Lounge is not where you should go if you want to see comedy. And even in terms of like the feel of the place, it's not exciting. It's like it feels like you're going to an RSL and not in a cool way. Yes. It's like a shitty racist RSL, not like a cool Nana Bingo RSL. Shitty popcorn and shitty food. Yes. But there are so many good rooms in Melbourne, which I never heard of until I did comedy. I had no idea what Catfish was. I had no idea what Crab Lab was. Mm. Um, and when I first started doing comedy and people were saying, oh, you want to get to Catfish or Crab or you want to do these rooms, I thought it was because, like, I don't know, like there's, like, talent scouts there. Like, I didn't know. <laughs> I was like, why does everybody want to do this room? Oh, it's just because there's big names, there's big names. It wasn't until I actually did spots there but I was like, no, the vibe. That's it's why bright, I want to yeah. be here. Yeah. It's electric. There's nothing like it. And I was such a comedy nerd for a while that I, I'd been to lots of shows at the Comics Lounge and seen like live podcast recordings and stuff like that. And it's fucking weird. You're at these like long tables. Mm. I saw my um a friend of mine who, I mean, we're not close friends. We went, <laughs> met on schoolies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's a fairly successful comic in his own right i remember when i was like 19 he was in melbourne he was doing a show at the comics lounge and we went there and we were in the crowd it's pretty big and he was like does anybody um anybody go on schoolies last year and our table were like yeah and then he like pointed at me and was like i probably fingered you and then like everybody turned everybody's like laughing and i was like this is this is weird. weird oh no and i was like and i can't like contribute to this and now suddenly i'm just like I'm your friend and you don't Fuck. understand that yeah. this is, especially when, you, when you're young and I always yeah. loved comedy, coming to this space and then suddenly everybody turns on you and you're like, oh, I guess I got fingered, <laughs> which he didn't. 
for the record. But if he did, it wouldn't have been good. No. <laughs> he wouldn't know what to do with them fingers. It's just an echo chamber. Like, you, if you just get that kind of humour and only that type of humour, then it's also going to attract that type of audience and it just becomes this blokey feedback loop. But the best rooms, without a doubt, as you said, in Melbourne, are the rooms like Crab Lab that have a variety on their lineup and like you see that reflected in the audience and mm. it's so exciting as a comedian when you're performing to a proper spectrum of people you grow so much more that way and there's this you see it all the time there's these men on there that you've never heard of before so when mm. they tell you that they're like booking people because of their merit i'm like no they're your fucking sad mates yeah <laughs> i haven't heard of three or four of the men on their lineup just like literally mm. who are these people they're like the biggest names in australian comedy i'm like who who? Yeah, but here's yeah, here's the other thing: the audience at the comics lounge is so not in the know that you present yeah. them nine names that are the biggest in Australian comedy, and they're like, "Okay, cool, those are the nine biggest names." Yeah, it's like yeah. a seal of approval. Yeah, and also, I'm not bothered that the comics lounge have blocked me because I had no intention of ever really performing there. I would happily go through the rest of my life yeah. performing <laughs> at the comics lounge. It's yeah. like. I've been, you know, performing stand-up for, like, maybe two years now, and not once have I even thought about the Comics Lounge in my, like, view of the comedy world. (laughs) It just doesn't even register. Like, it's so completely removed from what is the actual, like, heartbeat of Australian comedy. And Mm. as you said, Aurelia, like, I don't think the audience that goes to the Comics Lounge necessarily realise that. Yeah. They're being presented with a very peripheral view of what's happening that's where divorced men go to die <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why but this kind of also reminds me of something i watched last week so i think i briefly mentioned the new letterman netflix show mm. um there's four episodes in this season and my favorite was the one with lizzo ah it's so good they're just having this really natural kind of conversation and she just lays down people sort of putting her in the box as an activist just because she's a woman of color who's plus size Mm. and she's like i don't want to be an activist for this i'm just existing like people calling me brave that shouldn't be a thing yeah and i think there's kind of a thing with doing comedy as a woman of color especially as well people saying oh you're so brave Mm. i don't want to be seen as brave i just want to be seen as Doing my thing and having fun and living my best life. Absolutely. And you are living your best life. (laughs) I am. I'm living my best life 24-7. Speaking of which, I (laughs) wanted to ask you, Aurelia, how did your tattoo consult go? Um, It went really well. (laughs) So as you know, I have a few tattoos. I have like 14 little tattoos. I want to get a larger one of a panther. Oh, wow. Cool. (laughs) On like the back of my arm. And I found this tattoo artist that has like 60,000 followers. And then it just happened that he had a consultation spot available this Saturday. And I literally booked it on Friday. Oh, my God. So I went and explained my vision. And <gasps> and then I booked it in for January. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah so it's going to be, is so it like exciting. the head of the panther or like the head and the body? Like, how's um, it going to work? It's like a full body. So it's kind of like crawling up. I'm going to send you a photo. It's going to look really nice. I thought you were going to be like, I'm getting Inez's face. Yeah, Yeah, I'm getting my girlfriend's face after six months of dating because we are crazy and we're gay. Why so late? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. 
I think there is something we have talked about. Neither of you have tattoos, right? No, I don't, but I really want one. And I've mm-hmm. especially been wanting one in lockdown. Do it. I want one, but I've got to stop saying it because I've been saying I want one for like literally years now that it's like, we'll just fucking book in. <laughs> there have been a couple times where I'm like, oh, financially, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Let's not pretend we care about money. Three <laughs> comedians. <laughs> I think I'm also just like anxious of like, do you know when you go to the hairdresser, you want to know what you're talking about? Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I, I want that with a tattoo, but also who fucking cares? And there are tattoo artists as well who are like gentle. Like there's this like hyper, I've heard. There's like this like <laughs> performative, like masculinity, like within the tattooing world where some some tattoo artists like rough and it's just like guys be like yeah fucking sew it into my skin bitch (laughs) (laughs) truly and then there are other people like no you don't need to do that here you go you're done beautiful (laughs) yeah um i just sent it so you can take a peek but yeah i feel like jordan don't stress about not knowing what you want or knowing how to talk about tattoos (gasps) that's cool yeah is it gonna be that big it's gonna be smaller, like half that size. Yeah, it's beautiful. Imagine if, like, after this talk, I show up in January and I'm like, "Me too." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you'll get the panther first. And be yeah. like, oh my god, you just go somewhere else and get it. Yeah. Oh my god, Aurelia, how funny! <laughs> what a coincidence. That's beautiful, though. Wow. It's gorgeous, Aurelia. I do it. think like tattoo artists will be like, "Oh, I'm your first. I feel so honored." Mm. and they'll be really nice to you because they want to give you like a nice experience yeah take me to dinner first (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah yeah. that's really exciting i mean maybe i'll get the comics lounge's logo (laughs) Logo? (laughs) blocked by the comics lounge (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i'll get that whole thing i'll just screenshot that get that screenshot on my chest (laughs) (laughs) maybe you should just get your twitter handle like tattoo on you Oh, that's a really good idea. Oh my actually. god, that's actually a very Aurelia thing. I can imagine you having <laughs> like on your wrist, like all your socials, like follow me. I just have a QR code. Yeah, you scan. Oh my god, I that's iconic. Aurelia, was it you who was like, I can't wait till I just get a chip in my skin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Aurelia's going to be the first among us to have her, like, eye removed and, like, put in with, like, an internet device. Like, <laughs> If Apple came out with, like, a <laughs> like a contact lens that you can put on so mm. it'll unlock your phone, I would try that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No fucking fear here. You're, like, step right into a Black Mirror episode. Like, yeah, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also, that reminds me of Elon Musk saying the thing about Mars. Oh, yes, that SpaceX, the name of his, like, space exploration, Mm. he said that if they get to Mars, they will not recognise Earth law, so they want independence (laughs) from Earth. Which is fair enough, like, you travel that far. Absolutely. (laughs) If I I got my own planet, I'd be like, it's gay time, bitches. This is like, I don't know, I feel like just, like, talk to the people, the life on Mars first. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not. It's a god awful small affair. It is. <laughs> Everybody fucking loves Elon Musk, or maybe they don't. Have people moved on? Do we know that? Because he's a bit of he's a dickhead. Oh, and what's his kid's oh, name? Absolutely. Like squiggly, squiggly. Like his kid's name is. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
archangel. Is that how you say it? Yeah, that's like the short, it's Ash something something. The number of a like fighter jet called Archangel. Oh I don't God. know. Is that how you say it? Oh I think God. you say... Well, happy for them. And I hope that their child, who is no doubt 80% Wi-Fi connection. <laughs> yeah. Martian. Is doing well. Mm. Full on. When is he going to get to Mars? Does he think that's going to happen? It sounds like... Who's working on this? I used to work at Tesla. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. <Yeah. laughs> um, but SpaceX is actually a really like valuable company because they also do things in conjunction with NASA and they do things like sending satellites into space and stuff right. that pays. So what you're saying is you'll be the first to get selected from Mars. <laughs> the first female comic on Mars. <laughs> Unless Comics Lounge gets there first. <laughs> yeah. Didn't NASA come out last week with some sort of tweet that was like, we're going to be dropping some big news on Sunday. And everyone was just like, what the fuck, NASA? Like, what does this mean? Like, it was very like, we need to talk vibes. Yes, it was we need to talk vibes, but no follow up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually just looking it up. ghosting us. Maybe they were telling us that Elon Musk is like a enemy of NASA now that he wants independence on Mars. <laughs> but there's places on Earth where Earth law doesn't like apply. Like, what about the ocean? Comics Lounge. Comics yeah. Lounge. <laughs> like, you know when people are like, oh, it's maritime laws? Oh, yeah, like piracy. Pirates? Palek. <laughs> this is my favorite word to say. Palek. And then the way she drops that medallion. Is that Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah, yeah. She literally is like, <laughs> and it like drops. It like, I used to practice that all the time because I wanted to be. Keira Knightley. Yeah, Bella Swan in that. Yeah. <laughs> The Bella Swan of Pirates of the Caribbean. Bella Swan. She truly was. Oh, my God. Is Pirates of the Caribbean still going? I feel like every time anybody talks about Queensland, they're like, they're shooting the next pirates there. It's like, how many are there now? Yeah. (laughs) On a totally different note, I caught up completely with Pen15 this week. Uh, And I am absolutely friggin' obsessed. Although I have a bone to pick with you, Jordan, because you said to me (laughs) in the chat that there was three seasons. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's a lie. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is a lie that I unfounded. I can't even tell you why I said that. Oh, my God. Because I was, like, so sure that there was a third season and I was absolutely loving it and, like, binging my way through it. And then I got to the end of season two and it just stopped and nothing started again. And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, it was just like absolute horror, like expecting that there was all this content coming and then there's nothing left. I got like blue balls. It was horrible. <laughs> uh, I love that. Blue balls for a TV show. Yeah. Especially considering how season two ends. I think that I felt that way. So I expected there to be another episode because it kind yeah. of, in a beautiful way that Pen15 does where it has this, like, eventful but kind of non-event yeah. ending as well. And then you had nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. I, I found out that apparently this season was meant to be 14 episodes, but because of the pandemic, they split it into two seasons of seven episodes. So oh. I think that's why it does feel a little bit, like, in the middle of things. A bit stunted. Yeah. So the next seven episodes will come out, I think, sometime at the start of next year. But I thought that was such a truly beautiful show. Like, obviously, it's hilarious. Like, I was laughing so hard. Both of the actors are not only great writers, but, yeah, they're just really, really incredible actors. 
But it was so emotional, like just mm. that trip down memory lane of kid logic and, you know, when you're a kid, what is important to you and what feels like your whole world and the way that they explored that and showed that on screen, I thought was just magic. It mm. really touched me. And the story in the second season of the boy coming to terms with being gay, oh, that just hit me straight in the feels. A lot of the gay men I know who watched that were like, oh. <laughs> like, yeah. Especially if because a lot of them did theatre and stuff like that. And, had like, you know, their first kiss was, like, on stage with a girl yeah. or something yeah. like that. And That's me. It's very, I mean, I don't want to give too many spoilers <laughs> for Aurelia, but... I was Peter Pan and kissed Wendy in year eight. Like, I was like, yeah, Aww. it's no biggie. Hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With me and my little, like, green tights. <laughs> Far out. That's so funny. Uh, oh, my God. We haven't talked about that yet, guys. You guys want to talk about your first kisses? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> what was yours, Aurelia? Um, I don't know with what to count. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. I'm like, is that a kiss? Kissing where? I think, what, well, Jenny Carr just my first kiss was when I was 15. Mm-hmm. No, 14? 14. And my boyfriend was 16. And he was also Jehovah's Witness. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. And we, we sneaked out and we had a little smooch. Oh, I love it. That's but before fanfic. that, I'd actually, yeah. I'd actually, like, kissed my friend. My friends and I would kiss sometimes to, like, practice. Oh, yeah. Don't know if that's counting as a first kiss or not, because I don't think back on that moment. Yeah. It's not, like, romantic. It's, like, a game. Yeah. I'm like, I kissed Lisa yeah. and I, when I was nice. Um <laughs> I was like that as well. Like, looking back, like, when I was in primary school, I was, like, such a ladies' man. Like, I only hung out with the girls. And so, like, I would all often be playing house and, like, kissing and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And, like, to me, it was just it was just drama. It was just mm. theatre. Like, you know, I was just getting very method with it. And, like, <laughs> and, like Pen15 reminded me of this, actually, because how frequently the girls are changing who they're in love with and, like, you know, all it will take is, like, one of the boys being like, I love you. And then they're like, oh, my God, I love you too. And then suddenly, like, they're in love now. Uh. I really related to that because I, I could remember when I was in primary school, I would just have, like, different love affairs that lasted for just, like, one or two lunch times, And then it would just never be seen again. Like, one time, <laughs> my friend <laughs> Melissa was like to me, at little lunch, she was like, I want you to know, Charlie, I think we're in year four. She was like, I want you to know that I love you. And I was like, this is a lot to take in, Melissa. Can I get back to you at big lunch? And she's like, yeah, yeah, you think about it. And then I thought about it. And then I came back at big lunch and we went and sat under the swing. And I was like, okay, I've decided that I love you too. And then we were both just kind of like, okay, that's great. That's so great. So we're definitely in love. And then like nothing came of it. Like we never did anything. I'm like, I'm pretty sure, like, as of the next day, I'd never thought of that again. (laughs) And also, there was this one girl, Bridget, who was the year below me. She would write me love letters and put them in my tub. So when I'd be getting out my, like, pens and paper and that kind of stuff, at the start of every day, there'd always be some handwritten note with, like, all these drawings and stickers of, like, us getting married and, like, pictures of her pregnant. (laughs) Oh, my God! (laughs) 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 <laughs> I was with kids and that kind of stuff. And it'd be like, 
don't let me down, Charlie, or like, like, don't leave oh, me, Charlie, God. and this kind of stuff. Do you know her Instagram? I haven't looked into her in years. Can you, please? I need to know. Yeah. If she's like pregnant with kids now. Yes. Or oh called Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, I think it ended because I was like telling mum about all these letters, and mum was like, "Oh wow, so this girl's like really into you." And I was like, "Oh yeah, it happens every day. Like it's no biggie." And she's like, "You should probably like let her know that you're not interested." And I was like, "I don't know how to do that." So I think mum called her mum and was like, "Charlie's not interested." Uh, and I broke her little heart. I'm so sorry, Bridget. But it, oh would have, it felt like the world. It was like, yeah. you have to tell her, otherwise she's going to get pregnant. Yeah. And you're, eight, <laughs> and you're not ready to be a dad. <laughs> like, yeah. you're going to kiss and then she'll be pregnant. Yes. Oh, God. I just, I love kid drama. It's so funny and sweet. And, like, you know, every single person would look back on those memories and be like, cringe, but also that's so wholesome. Mm. What was your first kiss, Jordan? Again, a bit confusing. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually, I often say I peaked in year eight and I did. I had um, three boyfriends when I was in year eight. Oh, wow. Ooh. One of them we dated for less than 24 hours. Oh, um, my God. Were these theater boys? Uh, no. No, Ooh. this is where this is where it went wrong, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but one of them, Nick Swanton, we were boyfriend girlfriend, and I'm pretty sure I was like the third girl in the friendship group who dated him. Like it was one of those things where, like, yes, he makes the rounds. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. We went to see a Harry Potter movie as one of those like 20 people dates where there's like a thousand 13 year olds being like, "Hi, we all yes. want to see Harry Potter." We yes. leaned on each other the whole movie. We didn't kiss. Nothing happened. Anyway, I went on camp and we were still dating and we were on different camps. And then my tent buddy, Lou, was a little naughty girl, which is what the other kids would call her. Well, <laughs> <laughs> She was, like, just, like, risk-taker, you know? And I was, like, her little side wench who would make her laugh sometimes. And I was just, like, please, please, please accept me. Yeah. Um, I'm drowning. <laughs> and then so she would sneak out and go to this boy's tent. And then one night she was, like, Jordan, you have to come. You have to come. So I went to this, like, boy's tent. And then, lo and behold, they played Spin the Bottle. So my first oh my kiss God. was Lou Burridge because they said it didn't count. I wasn't cheating on my boyfriend who I'd never touched (laughs) (laughs) if I kissed a girl. So, Oh, little did they know. (laughs) I I do remember this one boy who's a doctor now did this thing with his penis called the cobra where he could could, like pull it out and that was sort of my first. um, A big dicked doctor, you say? A big dicked doctor (laughs) who could turn his dick into a cobra. Oh, wow. I don't know. It kind of, the force. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Humiliating if you couldn't do that. Anyway, so that was my, um, those were my two first kisses. What a dream. And then I came back from camp. And I broke up with my boyfriend via email. I logged on on MSN Messenger, made sure I appeared offline to make sure that he was online. And I knew that he was online. And if I sent him an email, he would read it. So I sent him an email and I broke up with him. Oh, my God. Wow. I love that. It reminds me of when I was in year 10, I had a girlfriend. And she was my only, like, actual, like, we called it official girlfriend and boyfriend. And it was... Similar to what you were talking about, Jordan, because, but because I went to an all-boys school, like our sister school, we had like a group of girls that we would hang out, hang out with and that sort of stuff. Like when we were hanging out socially, I think she had a bit of a crush on me and it was always like, oh, she likes Charlie. Do you reckon they'll date? And then, and like, I was just like really like friendly with her and I loved her as a person. So I was like, yeah, we could date. And like, I thought that's <laughs> what like romance was. Like at the time I didn't know where my sexuality sat. So it, it just felt like natural. I was like, of all the girls that I know, she's my closest friend. So it makes perfect sense. And then that relationship was like so completely fraught with problems. And nothing ever, like, happened sexually. But I remember one time we were at my friend's house and it was me and my girlfriend and another girl and another boy. And it was like, we're going to do seven minutes in heaven or whatever. And, like, it was very, it was very clearly, like, my girlfriend, I think, had told her friend whose house it was, like, do you reckon you can tell me and Charlie to go into the cupboard kind of thing? Because uh, it, it just sort of, like, happened out of nowhere. And you were like, I love the closet. Yeah, yeah. Back <laughs> I go. Um, so I went back into the closet with my girlfriend. <laughs> and <laughs> and my other two friends were, like, playing, like, loud music. Oh. <laughs> to give us some privacy but like they were sitting out there like kind of like giggling as we're in there and I remember my girlfriend like was like kissing me in the dark and she was like trying to make more of it you know like make it into like a tongue kiss or make it into like a, a proper thing and I just wasn't getting into it and I was just feeling weirder and weirder about it and then at one point she like stopped and she was like why aren't you opening your mouth and I'm like I'm trying oh. um, <laughs> and then I started I'm crying and i was just like crying in the dark to s club seven as my girlfriend's like standing there so like unsatisfied being like it's okay it's all right and then i kind of like wiped away my tears and she like helped me like (laughs) chill out and then we came out of the cupboard and my friends are like how was it (laughs) (laughs) oh my god say we're like yeah yeah oh my god it was really emotional it was a lot very Uh, eye-opening yeah yeah (laughs) I learned a lot and I feel like that was for me like the beginning of realizing like something's up here (laughs) but um I don't know I never like told anyone about that and like she was a good person and a great friend then like I I do feel bad that like you know she had to kind of be led along because of the circumstances. But I, I was never consciously tricking her. I just didn't know. And... Yeah. No. And there's nothing, like, wrong with that, I think. Because, I don't know, hadn't you experienced that maybe it would have taken you longer to realize yeah. that you're not straight? Yeah, that I'm yeah. really, really fucking gay. <laughs> <laughs> 
But and of um, course, like of course, teenage girls fall for gay guys as well. When you know yeah. who have they got to compare yeah. them to? These awful non-empathetic. Oh, absolutely. The only man I'd date <laughs> would have to be at least gay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least very <laughs> camp. Yeah. I think that's it. Like, I was obviously, I loved hanging out with girls, and they were my primary, like, social group. Mm. And I was not a rough and tumble boy and would, like, take them seriously. And so I can see how they'd be like, oh, like, he's nice to me. And Absolutely. Yeah. Like, all a boy had to do when I was a certain age <laughs> was be nice to me and laugh at my jokes. Oh, yeah. And, and not much has changed. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh... Panties drop immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it's very easy. I think Dan Smith, a um, comedian, oh, yeah. lesbian, she mm-hmm. does a great bit where she's like, I'm dating a woman who like previously only dated men. And she was like, and it is very easy to impress her. Yeah. <laughs> All you have to do is like, listen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's great. What was your first kiss or date with your current partners? <laughs> first, first date, I was... I was like, we're hanging out all day. It was like a 36 hour date. Oh, (laughs) that's right. You have told us about this. Yeah. One of those. Yeah. And then it happened there somehow. (laughs) (laughs) I initiated it though. Yeah. Of course. You're daddy. I'm daddy. I feel like we all kind of fell into these relationships where it's like, oh, suddenly I'm in a relationship. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, this is happening and I like it. Josh planned out our first kiss because we had a first date where we went to like madame brussels in the city gorgeous yeah we love the pink (laughs) and then like he walked me to flinder street and then i caught the train home and it was like one of those things where like we were both kind of like umming and ahhing as we're standing on the platform i'm like well my train's here (laughs) and then nothing happened and i got on the train and then like 10 minutes later like he's texting me like i wish i kissed you (laughs) Dead is so gay. Yeah, I know. (laughs) The angst (laughs) of it all. So uh, for our second date, he planned it. And this was around Christmas. So all of the Christmas decorations were up in the city. And like Josh had planned it so that after the movie that we went to see, we'd have to like cross that bridge. And then he like sort of surprised me under the mistletoe. And it was too much. I love that it happened. But it was so like, oh my God. It's so camp if you guys to get together during Christmas. Like, yeah, yeah. As Mariah Carey is playing. Yeah, I can't wait for all the like shitty Netflix Christmas movies. Yes, that are about to come out. Dolly Parton's Christmas in the Square. You, yes, same minds, Charlie. Yes. We are on the same page. <laughs> what is that? Oh, She's written really? like a musical. It looks so shit. It's like I disagree. Oh. <laughs> Christine Baranski is like leading it and it's like one of those like Christmas tales where it's like an angel comes and helps someone who doubts the Christmas spirit and Mm -hmm. Dolly Parton plays the angel that comes and like because it's literally they're like there's a new Scrooge in town and it's that woman is this this is I figured her name Christine Baranski Baranski so she's the chick in um have you seen Mamma Mia Aurelia um, yes, I've seen Mamma Mia 1 and 2. Great. You know the yeah. woman, she's like, does your mother know that you're out? Oh, she's she's so, like, sexy in it, and she's yeah. flirting with that guy. Yeah, yes, yeah. I love her. She's everything. So the premise is that, like, she's, like, the landlord <laughs> of this town. I don't know, but then she, like, gives him an eviction notice, and they have to leave on Christmas Eve, and then Dolly comes in, and I guess they're going to do, like, like they say she's the new Scrooge. So... <laughs> 
I don't know, but it sounds like they're all original Dolly songs, which is hilarious. That woman never stops. But it looks like it's been filmed in, like, a time warp. Like, it looks like an 80s... Yeah. On purpose, do you reckon? The thing about Dolly Parton and everything that she does in her whole brand is... This is self-awareness. Yeah. She did not do this without her being like, I just want people to feel nice and everything to be plastic. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> and her narration over the video being like, and that's why you've got to believe in Christmas. It's like- <laughs> She's so funny. Uh... I watched a, a video of her talking about her style and she was like, I used to look at the town trollop and everybody would be like, well, she just dresses too much. She does too much makeup. And she's like, well, I just want to look like her. So I look like a tramp ever since. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. I love that. She's the original drag queen. She is so, like, her hair, her outfits. I'm obsessed. Mm. I reckon she's a bit queer. Definitely. Jolene. Honey. Yeah, Jolene. Yeah, why are you so describing her in so much depth? Yeah. <laughs> that is a sapphic love song if I've ever yeah. heard one. Yeah. I just need to bring this up. Oh I just need to talk about Oh, my God. It. You're pulling at NASA. We need to talk. Yeah. We need to talk about the hologram that Kanye yeah. West gave to Kim Kardashian of her late father, Robert Kardashian. No. I watched the whole thing. Okay. Have you not seen this, Jordan? No. And also, when you guys were talking about, like, what are we going to talk about on this on the podcast before we started recording? And you said the Kim K hologram. I thought she'd hologrammed herself. No. I did not know that Mm -mm. her dead father came to her. Yes. And he's, like, he's, like, being like, Kim, I watch over you. And I love you. And remember when we used to listen to this song? And then it's, like, him dancing to this song. He's, like, doing this, and Kanye made it for her as, like, a present um, because it was recently her birthday. She's a Libra. <laughs> Kanye's a Gemini. Figures. Figures, yeah. <laughs> um, and it just was so, so strange. Oh but I also think Kanye is someone who's, like, really into family because he lost his mom, oh. and I think he blames himself for that because she was getting cosmetic surgery when she passed away that he had paid for. Oh, Oh my god. And so the thing is like he's blaming himself for her passing because he thinks it's his fault. Shit. And Kim had obviously lost her dad when she was in her early twenties. And I think that's why they're together is because they both have such a focus on family and that explains why he gave her that hologram because Yeah. He has a lot of like music dedicated to his mum. And like it's cute, but let's be real, it is one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen. It's cute and psycho. Yeah. I'm really shocked. And this has really cool. <laughs> it just opens up the realm, though, that this is the technology that is now available. Like, how soon will we have sex robots? Oh, now. You <laughs> now. Can, I'll, I'll link you. You can yeah. <laughs> Use Jordan 20 for 20% yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck. I don't even, like, I'm I'm truly lost for words. I was not expecting her dead dad hologram. No. How would you even react to that? I also love that everyone, when they hear about this, universally specifies, it's her dead dad. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, wouldn't a hologram always have to be of someone who's dead? Because, like, can you imagine just doing a hologram of someone who's currently alive? Like... <laughs> 
Well, but but that could be a thing with coronavirus, where like it. people pre-record like their sets at Coachella, oh. and then you go. Oh my god, to, stand like, up! We're gonna be like hologram stand up. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> uh, or you know when you're like watching a sci-fi thing, and it's like they open the thing, and you see the hologram of each other, but you're mm. actually talking to each other. I love yes, that. Like, taking FaceTime to the next level. Yeah, <laughs> body time. <laughs> That's like Star Wars, yeah. Mm. My only hope. It's been a while since her father's passed, so maybe that's okay. But I also imagine like the song that he's dancing to is like power, like like it's one of Kanye's. He's like this song we used to dance to together. It's like something released like within the last ten years. She's like, thanks, honey. And on top of that was the whole scandal of Kim K making her friends quarantine yes. so they could go the on an island vacation for a brief time. Oh <laughs> Everything God. felt normal. Yeah, it was so funny. But then, like, I got very, very quickly so sick of the meme of, like, every mm-hmm. second account on Twitter had a variant of her very, very long post. So it'd be like, after two weeks of quarantine, I'd just be like, nope, I can't. Like, it's just too many hot takes. I can't. I do think it's insensitive of her to post it, but if I had that money um, and I wouldn't take you on a two-week vacation after quarantine, what am I doing with that money? Like, sure. spend it like spend it on the people you care about and, like, treat them to something nice. I think that's a nice sentiment. I mean, yeah, sure, do what you got to do with your money, but I think that, like, don't post it. Yeah, don't post it. Because there are people it. who are like, I don't know how to make ends meet at all, but I'm glad that you found an island. <laughs> <laughs> I finally blocked someone who's been posting anti-mask stuff. Mm, anti-mask yeah. stuff. She literally posted a thing. Ugh, I hope you're listening. <laughs> you disgust me. Um, but she literally <laughs> posted a thing being like, tag all your um, non-discriminatory workplaces who are letting people without masks come in and be served. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? When there's like actual discrimination happening in the world. Disgusting. And you think that people refusing the right to serve you because they don't know where you're from, they could have a vulnerable person in their lives. They don't want you spreading coronavirus. That's not a ridiculous ask. Yeah. Mm. 85% of people have weird faces. Just put a mask on. What are you trying to show everyone? No one wants to see you <laughs> smile, Deborah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this ad for braces that was like someone wearing a mask and it was like, Now's the best time to get braces because nobody will see them. Oh my god! Dental work is flourishing right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. New jawline. Yeah. Oh, fuck it. Why not? We'll come out. And we'll have like diamond teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of coming out, how about Hugh Sheridan? Yes, Australia's little gay boy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, no. See, I have a bit of a bone to pick with Hugh Sheridan's coming out because for those who don't know, um, Hugh Sheridan is a young Aussie actor who's been in, like, Pack to the Rafters and he's, like, a NIDA graduate that does all those Aussie rom-com-y shows and movies and that sort of stuff. And he's never spoken about his sexuality until now and he's said that he feels that it's time to say that He's like, I've been with men and I didn't want to speak about this because I didn't want it to affect my career. And a lot of people in the acting industry told me, you won't work if you are an out gay man. Mm. Now, everyone's journey is different. And, like, I'm glad that he has finally come out and that's wonderful. But there's something that I took issue with because he did this big, like, article with some magazine about this coming out. 
but he never actually says the words I'm gay or I see myself as this. And he does that spiel about, I don't like labels. I don't want to have to, you know, put myself into a box or anything like that, which is fine. Totally fair enough. But then at the end, he's talking about like the reason that I've done this right now is because I want to be a voice for the LGBTQ community. I want to represent the LGBTQ community so that they know that there are people like them working in the world. And it's like, well, which is it? Either you don't want to be labeled or you want to represent a particular label. Like if you want to say like, oh, I don't want to be labeled as gay. I don't want to be labeled as bi. That's fine. But then you also don't get to be like, I'm doing this for gays and bi people. It's like, well, no, you're not because that's not fully representation. Yeah. Yeah. You're not a voice if you're actually saying that you don't want to be branded with us. Like, yeah. Then there's also, I guess, the label queer, which is maybe he didn't identify with it. But I feel like I agree with you in saying that, oh, I hate labels is is fine. Like you don't want to be in a box, but also it's kind of counterproductive. Yeah. Because people are still going to label you. Him yeah. saying this, anyone casting him behind his back, whether he wants it or not, is going to call him yeah. gay or bi or whichever It's kind it of is. like one step forward, two steps back. Like, yeah, it's like trying to have his cake and eating it too. Like, I want to yeah. support the community, but I don't actually want to say that I'm... And I don't want to stand by that community, I think mm. is, the, is my issue with it. It's like, I want yeah. to be considered part of the queer community and mm. take those good elements... And I understand it, but I don't want to have the negative elements of having to sit with the label. Mm. For the same reason that he didn't come out. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and, he, and he named it. He was like, it's because it was for my career. Like, I was told as an actor, being gay is kind of like a death sentence. A lot of his acting coaches would have been from the older generations and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, you know, through the AIDS crisis. It, it was a different generation. Yeah. In my acting school, they, we had a phrase called stamp the can. Oh, <laughs> Literally, it's so damaging. We used to say it all the time, especially to my like more femme friends. My teachers used to be like, "Stamp the camp," and it was like, "Was this teacher gay?" No, fuck that. I hate that. But there were a lot of a lot a lot of um fags. Yeah, (laughs) male gays who were also like, "Well, if you want to do this, you have to play mask." Blah blah blah. And it seems very funny within like, especially within like and performing it's such a fucking queer industry and everybody involved in it is so queer mm. and on and uh, like uh, everywhere on the kinsey scale that it seems ridiculous that we're constantly telling these straight stories yeah some people i feel like like to claim being a part of the community as well like this reminded me so much of jamila jamil yeah. Because she hosted Legendary and people were saying it should have gone to someone from yeah. um, our community. And then her being like, I'm bisexual, but I've never said it. Yeah. And I think she should have just said, you know, yes, I did take this job and it should have gone to someone else. But yeah. um, I'm supporting the community by donating and bringing yeah. awareness. And When Korea comes into it and and like the only reason that these people seem to lean into the label is when it's uh, like a career-based thing, it, it, it immediately is alarm bells. Yes, I think that's it. And I and I also think the thing that rubbed me wrong about the Jamila Jamil thing is like, I don't care if you're bi. That's not what this is about. Most yeah. of the RH is that you're not a trans or gender diverse person. Yeah, and you have mm. no association to the ballroom culture. And mm. it's also like that, that was, that's infuriating because it's like, well, you're, 
you're just putting everybody into the same bowl, whereas, like, the queer community is diverse. The lesbian community is diverse. There's, like, so many different things, and particularly with Legendary and with the ballroom scene, it's like, bitch, it doesn't matter if you're bi or not, you're still this cis woman who's, like... Yeah. Never been in the ballroom scene, whereas someone like... Very like Vanessa Hudgens being like, I'm so into voguing this week. (laughs) (laughs) And so much of, um, if people die, that's too bad. Oh, Oh, God. (laughs) Same energy. Legends. Legends only. (laughs) Anyway, I think it's really, I think it is a complicated thing because, and I don't know... Yeah, and I don't think that I know the right way of going about it as well because another part of me is like, I really struggle labeling myself but i also i don't know i think i agree what you said earlier it's like queer's there queer's there use it yeah Yeah. (laughs) like i use queer all the time and like i love referring to myself as a lesbian but i'm like i don't think that that could i don't think i eliminate the fact that i might hook up with men later in my life and then what does that mean yeah it's just anyway yeah it's an interesting thing let us know what you think we might I, i hope like I wonder if people get, like, angry at us. Get <laughs> mad. If you're angry, Insta DM us and... Um, we'll block you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll do a comics We'll pull a comics lounge. <laughs> oh, my God. Which actually brings us to this week's Q&A. Yes. yes. Um, this week, we have a Q&A from Mandy from Morty Alec. And she says... I recently watched The Birdcage with my girlfriend and I loved how camp and kitsch it was. What are your favourite gay movies, old or young? When we talk about gay movies, we mean like movies that the gays have claimed, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, think it, I think it could be anything, like specifically about gay stories or movies that the gays have taken over. I love Beaches. <laughs> it's my favourite movie of all time and I'll hear critiques and I'll just like, and it doesn't change anything. I, I'll agree with the critiques. I love it. I think it's a great film, and I think it's super camp. It's Bette Midler, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Hocus Pocus at the drive-in oh, yesterday. How did it go? It was so nice. I loved it. Thanks for the recommendation. Yeah, yeah, instantly loved it, and I think it was really like campy and. I loved Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> yes. And do you know, I tweeted about Hocus Pocus this week. I saw, I finally understood to put a spell on you singing. Yes. It was about me on school camp getting a formal strike from my mountain guide for singing I Put a Spell on You at 1am in the tent. But Kathy Najumi, who plays one of the Sanderson sisters, liked my post. <laughs> I was just like, oh, oh my God. Huge. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> A win for the gays. This is huge. Uh, I mean, it's so rare to find a chemistry and three people who complement each other so well. Yeah. A legendary trio that has not been paralleled till now. Until now. (laughs) Until we met. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which Sanderson sister would you guys want to be? Sarah. (laughs) I want to be Bet. I'd happily let you be Bet. And I'll be Kathy and Jimmy because we clearly have like a special bond now. Easy. <laughs> we didn't even fight about who takes what role. Yeah, that's the mark of true sisters. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Charmed <Yes>. who? <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. Uh, I, I've never seen. Speaking of gay movies, I've never seen Death Becomes Her, and I think <gasps> I'm going to watch that I, this week. Uh, yeah, do I watched that recently? It's mm-hmm. wild. It's insane. 
It's great. Is it scary? No, it's like Hocus Pocus. It's like about like camp horror. It's Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn. Yeah. Oh, I love Goldie Hawn. Oh, well, that would be one of my gay movies, First Wives Club. Oh, yeah. I mean, without a doubt. Of course. That is just a perfect film. But in terms of like gay specific movies, like about gay people or queer things, (laughs) um, I don't know her. I've I've never seen a gay movie. I I have, but like, I wouldn't say like Blue is the Warmest Color or Call Me By Your Name or. Well, I would say um, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. I know that's a musical, but there is a movie of the musical that is beautiful and is directed by John Cameron Mitchell, who wrote the musical as well. Oh, wow. And he stars in it. Have you guys seen Hedwig? No. Mm-mm. Oh, you should totally watch it. It's it It's down. one of those, like, cult classic queer films. It's really strange and beautiful um, and, and inspired by a true story. So it's written by John Cameron Mitchell. And when he was young, he had a nanny... And she grew up at the fall of the Berlin Wall. And so he kind of wrote Hedwig about her life and then, like, dramatised it. But it's about Hedwig is a a rock performer who takes on her mum's identity. Mm-hmm. And because she's also a rock performer, like, a lot of this is musicalised and there's these really cool songs that she sings and... Yeah, you just got to watch it. it, that it it's sick. It's just yeah. a really special once-in-a-lifetime, like, queer film that really makes you think. And, like, it's got, like, a really bizarre ending that just kind of leaves you, like, what what does that all mean? And you kind of need a few watches through to, like, mm. click with it. But, yeah, it's really special. So I would say Hedwig is a must-see gay movie. And it's a bit German, Aurelia. We love this. Yeah, I'm, like, in, I'm like wow, I love this. I love <laughs> war German war stories that are not told from, like, a super American angle. Because yeah. I feel like there's a new... World War Two movie every single year where it's like this brave American fooled the Nazis <laughs> yes. and did this and that. And I, I feel like it's American propaganda. A thousand percent. Because Americans are the, like truly the new Nazis. I mean, there is still yeah. like a big problem in Germany with people who are like neo-Nazis. neo-Nazis. But I think Germany is like trying to tackle it and making it sound like it's very much not cool. While America is like, yeah, we sell tiki torches. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're right next to the rifles and next to Tommy Hilfiger polos. <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. Yuck. And it's yeah. all, it is it is propaganda because people see World War Two as such a black and white situation of being like the goodies and the baddies and we're obviously mm-hmm. the goodies. And now every other war that we're in, we are still the goodies. Mm. Mm. But no, I love this. I'm going to definitely watch yeah. that. I think you guys will like it. And it's also, like, it's kind of what inspired me to be a drag queen. And it's probably, like, my number one role that I want to play on stage. So, like, you got to see it. And I was thinking as well of, like, other times that I've, like, loved a gay movie or or even a gay storyline. And I remember, this is so random, but I remember I was always obsessed with the Bridget Jones series. And (laughs) in Bridget Jones' Diary 2, there's a really well-handled lesbian storyline that Mm. when I was a kid and watching it really touched me. It's basically just like there's this girl that is working with Mark and Bridget is like jealous of her thinking that she's into Mark. And then there's all these encounters that they have throughout the film where Bridget misinterprets this girl's awkwardness around her and like her kind of like affection 
around the, her for Mark, thinking that she's trying to take her boyfriend. And then at the end, there's this really nice montage where it shows how everything from this other girl's perspective was actually having feelings for Bridget. Wow. And Aww. I remember thinking, like, this is the first time that I had seen in, like, a mainstream film mm. gay characters that weren't, like, the butt of the joke, yes. that were, mm. were given sincerity. There's another one. Sorry, I just I just looked it up on Netflix called The Half of It, which is a great oh yeah I love teen that. lesbian thing, which is mm. similar vibes to this Bridget Jones storyline where like the way that it's set up is like it, it it almost feels like the lesbian and this guy are supposed to get together, but they're just like it's like a rom com but about their friendship. Mm. She's really beautiful and yeah I don't know it's just like it's a is that recent thing. is that like a new release. Yeah. It came out this year. It's it's oh, really cool. quarantine one. Mm, yeah. <laughs> chicken soup of the soul kind of movie. It just oh. feels it's really easy to watch and it feels so good. And it's like amazing representation as well because the lead character is a woman of colour and she's a lesbian and she's just so good and the show the, the whole movie is really great. Oh, I'll mm. watch that this week. Here we have our little homework of what to watch. Yeah. <laughs> I loved if we do that like everywhere. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's so good. All right. Well, thank you for listening, guys. I hope those of you in Melbourne are enjoying your newfound freedom and live it up. Oh, You've earned yeah. it. Yeah. Live it up. Okay, Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And listen to hospitality people when they tell you that you need to leave because yeah. they've just been thrown into the shit. <laughs> Be kind. And I love that mask. you have to book for Kmart because, like, whenever I go to, like, Kmart or whatever, it's never, like, with a purpose. It's always just to, like, walk the aisles. So, like, I... Love the idea that I have to now, like, specify my reason. Like, why are you here? It's like, just to... Find myself. (laughs) (laughs) Therapy. Yeah. (laughs) Truly. Oh, Oh my God. Bye, guys. Have a good week, everybody. See ya. Bye. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at popgazepod. And if you like this episode, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. And remember, be gay. (laughs) (laughs) how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.